Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, I'm Cynthia Hyatt. Welcome to the show, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. And thank you for those of you who are longtime listeners. It's just been great having you be a part of this community and, you know, sharing it with other people and really, really being, you know, a part of this group who wants to change the world one person at a time and really bring the light of Christ, the love of God, and that level of support and healing to the world. And so thank you again. It's just really always nice. I love your comments and thank you for your emails and all those types of things. And and again, I want to remind you that if you have a particular topic you want some clarification on, some insight, whatever that may be, you can always email me at CynthiaHyatt.com. You can post it on Facebook, wherever. I'm all over social media and you can certainly say, hey, would you, you know, would you talk about this? I've heard some about this, or I read a book about it. I don't really understand it. I don't like what they're saying, or I like what they're saying, and I love to do that. So we are talking this week on trust, the issue of trust, and how how very big that is for humans and how much God knows that. And I gave you this saying that I I made up in 2014, and it says, and I say, you know, trust is a word that I understand until I actually have to do it. You know, it's a heavy word. It's a very heavy word. And and here's another one for you. My trust always needs to start and stop with God, not in me. I need to remember that I can't always trust me, but I can always trust God. God is trustworthy. Always I am not. I trust in God as he is making me a trustworthy person. Here's another saying for you that I wrote. It says, I am a God-sized problem. Nothing is impossible for him, and therefore, nothing is impossible for me. So thank you, God, that you don't see me as an impossible child. It's just encouraging to me how God is so wanting our trust. And and I like the... Um, the author, Jack Zavada, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he, he had some really good things to say about trust. And one of the things that he really talks about is this idea that, you know, maybe, I'm sure you've struggled and fretted because your life wasn't going necessarily the way you wanted. And maybe you feel that way right now. And, you know, you have legitimate needs and desires and you know what would make you happy. You pray for it with all your might. You ask God to help you get it. But sometimes it doesn't doesn't seem to come to pass. And you may feel frustrated, disappointed. You may even feel bitter. I have had times in my life where I have been very, very disappointed, very, very frustrated, very, very discouraged. And, you know, sometimes you do get what you want, and then you kind of discover that it doesn't really make you happy. And... And then there comes disillusionment. And many Christians, you know, we repeat this cycle 
our entire life sometimes, and we're never able to figure out how to break out of it. And we wonder what we're doing wrong. We wonder if God is who we thought God was or is, or who he says he is. And so one of the things that this author really talks about is he says that the secret is in the doing, the doing, that a spiritual secret exists really that can set you free from the cycle of trusting God or not trusting God and helping you to really have a firm foundation of trust in the Lord. And this is, it's tough because we've seen dozens of times in the Bible and heard lots of sermons on it. And we see, you know, we read the story of the great patriarchs of the Bible and the disciples and the apostles and all these people that seem to really trust in God until we really look into their story. And we find that they're really just humans. And so truly the secret of trust lies in putting truth into practice. And making it such a powerful theme in your life that you view every event, every sorrow, every prayer with the unshakable conviction that God is totally, completely, without blemish, trustworthy. And I've said to you frequently on this show, you know, I either trust him or I don't. There isn't a gray area. If there's a gray area of sometimes I trust him, sometimes I don't. Maybe he's who I think he is. Maybe he's not who I want him to be or think that he is or he purports to be. That's not trust. With God, trust is implicit. It's always. It's unquestionable. And it has nothing to do with circumstances. It has everything to do with his character. And God has great history. And if I look at my life, God has great history with me. Now, there are moments or periods of time or seasons in my life when I didn't think that God was on my side or saw my plight or cared about me or understood me, any of those things that I really needed at some of those times. But as I got through that crucible, as I got through that fire, as I got through that frozen, like, wintry time, I was able to look back and see that God was in every moment of my struggle. He had never left me. And he was working with circumstances, making sure he didn't go against another's free will or my free will. He always respected and always respects our free will. So he's working with mistake-making people in a very troubled world. And somehow, he gets us to the other side. See, when we're messed up, we want to trust in anything rather than God. I'm sure you can relate to that if we're really honest with ourselves. And we end up trusting in our own abilities, in our own intelligence, in our, our boyfriend, our girlfriend, our spouse. We trust in political leaders. We trust in pastors. We trust, you know, implicit. We we trust our doctors implicitly. You know, we trust anything other than God. We trust even in our own money. I mean, we'll trust in an airline pilot sometimes more than we will trust in God. We'll trust in a surgeon more than we'll trust in God. We'll trust sometimes in a salesman more than we will trust in God. And, and you know what is so amazing 
God does not get offended. He gets it. He gets that we're blind, deaf, and dumb people in so many ways. We can't see and hear and express spiritual things, oftentimes. And the spiritual things that are expressed by God, sometimes it sounds like a different language that we don't even understand. We can't see him, we can't touch him, we can't hear him, we can't feel him. He gets that. And so the secret really lives in you. Because God lives in you. And if God doesn't, I want to I really encourage you to ask him to reside within you. He will never leave you. And he does not judge us. He may judge our behaviors because it's necessary many times. But he doesn't judge who he created. So it requires that you really accept the truth that God does know what's best for you. I mean, how do you make yourself leap from knowing to doing? And how do you trust in in the Lord instead of the world or in yourself? Well, it's the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is that elusive, very difficult presence that's hard to quantify. But it's that still, small voice. It's that presence that comes alongside, that invades us that moves mountains for us. And the nice thing is, all you have to do is ask. You just say to God, I really do trust you. I do intellectually. I like the idea. But I don't feel it in my gut. I'm afraid to really relax in you, God. I'm afraid to really trust that you really do have my best intentions in mind and that you're not ready to just hit me with the baseball bat tomorrow because of all the things that I have done, or punish me, or teach me a lesson. See, God doesn't have a heart like that. Jesus Christ dying on the cross, going through the hellacious death he went through, the public smearing, slandering, the way that he was treated by his friends. That kind of a person, that's God in the flesh, would never want to get back at you. He had every chance he he needed to get back at, at the world. He doesn't want to punish you. He wants to correct you. And so the Holy Spirit knows you better than you know yourself, and he'll give you exactly what you need to make this change. He's infinitely patient. So he'll let you trust this secret, trusting in the Lord type of a thing. He doesn't get offended when you're worried that you can't trust him, when you're worried that he might pull the rug out from underneath you just to teach you a lesson. Or he might not give you the thing that you so dream of, the thing you so desire because you don't deserve it. That's not his heart. He doesn't have a heart that is fallen like us humans. And so the more you look for God's loving hand working in your life, the more you look backwards and you say, where was God in my past when I didn't even see him? And I encourage you to write these things down. I have so many things 
that I've written down to remind me of when God intervened. Sometimes I recognized it while it was happening. Sometimes I didn't recognize it until years later. Sometimes a decade later, I didn't understand his intervention in my life. But God wants to make something beautiful of your life. See, he already thinks it's beautiful. Think of, think of the, the, the people you love, your children. You know, if you have pets. You know, in spite of all their foibles, there's this part of our heart that no matter what they do, we still can love them. And we want to love them. We want to come alongside them. We want to help them. We want to make their life better. Well, that is a little teeny piece of the heart of God. So imagine God's heart toward you. He needs you to trust him. He deserves your trust. And I want to ask you, I want you to be ready. I want you to take those baby steps and, and really resist constantly having God need to prove himself to you every day as if yesterday never occurred. Imagine if, if you're in relationship with the person that, that you are partnering with, your, your wife, your girlfriend, your, whoever, whoever that may be, whatever romantic interest you have, and you have years of being together, but you have this feeling that every single day you have to prove your love for them. You have to prove to them that, yes, you can trust me. Yes, I love you. Yes, I'll be there for you. Yes, I want good things for you. Yes, I will come alongside you. No, I won't judge you. Yes, I will forgive you. Imagine if there was no history. It's like they had amnesia. Every day they woke up, it was a new day. There was some movie about that. It was like 31 days or something. But you want to think about what would it be like if every day you woke up and the person that you loved that was on your side had to prove themselves again as if yesterday never occurred. Well, see, think about God. We really put God in that test every moment of every day. Every single day we wake up, our tendency is to make God prove himself to us all over again. Well, yeah, he did it yesterday, but I don't know if he's going to do it today. And I want you to understand that there's a combination of, of elements that create that, that issue for humans. And one of the first ones is the enemy of your soul who is consistently condemning you and reminding you of all your mistakes, reminding you of all your weaknesses that you're hoping nobody sees. So you have the enemy of your soul that is constantly assaulting you. And sometimes it's obvious. Sometimes it's just that subtle, insidious drop of poison every moment of every day, causing you to look at the world through eyes that are, are suspicious and skeptical and guarded. Then you have you as your own enemy. I, 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 I'm there with you. I, I really have to practice not condemning myself, not judging myself, not castigating myself, not analyzing, oh, what did I do there? Did I do that right? I should have done it like this. I could have done it like that. And I've gotten so much better over the years. And, and the freer I allow myself to be, the more I just allow myself to be a mistake-making person, knowing that I don't have a criminal's heart necessarily. I mean, I'm sure that God can find something. But my nature is not to hurt people. My nature is not to steal from people. 
My nature is not to to be a mean person or mean-spirited. And I can trust that. You can trust you in that way. God made a beautiful person in you. You don't always have to prove yourself to yourself. So you can trust who God made. He knows who he made, and he's happy, very happy that he made you. So I want you to really think about going into your day and saying, you know, I'm just going to lighten up a little bit. I'm going to trust my intentions. I may not always follow through with them perfectly, but I'm not going to listen to the enemy. If there is a concrete behavior, if I hear in my mind a very specific accusation or judgment of another person, I'm just going to repent of it and move on. I'm going to say, you know, that's not the way I want to think about that person. I need to, I need to repent of that and say, you know, to the Holy Spirit, I'm really sorry about that. God, I'm really sorry about that. Thank you for forgiving me and move on. So let's, let's look at this whole, whole idea of trust. And I, and I gave you um, yesterday these, these verses, and I'm going to give you some more today. But this is Proverbs chapter 3, 5, and 7. These are great bedrock verses to kind of reorient us, to refocus us. And this says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do and everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. I love that. He's the one that will keep you on track. He knows we can't keep ourselves on track because half, half the time, We can't even see where the track is going, and we don't even know if we're on the right one. So he's the one that can guide us, direct us, even jump a track and get us back on the right track. And then it goes on to say, don't assume that you know it all. And this is a really important phrase. Because generally, we read this don't assume that you know it all as being a know-it-all. And that it's an arrogant issue. And that, you know, well... I don't, have to, I don't have to ask for help. I don't have to ask for guidance because I know it all. What the scripture is also implying here, yes, don't assume you know it all. Don't, don't be arrogant. But God is also say, saying to you, don't assume you know it all about you. I see things you don't see. see things that are wonderful, that are beautiful, that I'm really wanting to help grow and flourish. Don't assume you know it all. You don't know the whole picture. You don't know all the variables that went into that mishap that you just did. See, many times we make a mistake, we blunder, you know, and sometimes we make really big mistakes that are very costly and and many times take years to repair. And what God is saying here is, listen to God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. And don't assume you know it all. Don't assume you know everything about your mistake. Because God knows that there are some other things working against you that may have contributed to this. So he's not wanting you to think it's all about you. It's far more complicated. This is the trust piece with God. That God is saying, hey, don't don't assume you know everything about you. Don't assume you know everything about that situation. Trust me, I'm going to get you back on track. Numbers 23, 
Verse 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken? Will he not make it good? And this has sometimes been a very supportive, hopeful, encouraging verse for me. And sometimes it's been a tough one for me. Because this last line, it says, he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken? Will he not make it good? Well, there are some things in my life that have taken years. Some have taken decades. When I've trusted God for something, trusted him for a dream, trusted him with a desire. And I've had to hang on to this when I said, you know, I really thought that God said he was going to do this. I, I really felt confirmation. I got confirmation from other people. And I really felt like he was going to make it happen. And here I am going on the ninth year of hope or the 12th year, or the 15th year. This is the trust issue. I either trust him, or I don't. So let's look at Psalms 40, verse 4. It says, Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust. In Psalms 2, 12, Blessed are they that put their trust in him. So if you didn't get to hear yesterday, make sure that you listen because we really went over a lot of verses about this. And so what is so important about trust and why does God continually establish for us how trustworthy he is? I mean, really think about this. The Lord Almighty, the God of the universe, right, maker of heaven and earth, the omniscient, omnipotent, um, I mean, think about this. He is so willing to continue to establish for us how trustworthy he is. He does not get offended by us, which is amazing. Because, see, he knows his design and he understands the architecture of the humans he created. So tomorrow we are going to look at this issue of trust when it comes to the human design. And we're going to look at the, the, the developmental process of humans and the first stage of development for every single human, it is the first building block that all other developmental processes are built upon. And this is trust versus mistrust. This is the first part for every single human as an infant up to the age of six, but truly from zero to two years old. The only issue a human from zero to two years old is working on is trying to figure out if they can trust anything in their world. The existential question for infants is, can I trust the world? Can I trust my world? That is the first stage that humans must accomplish as they grow up. This is how fundamental the trust piece is. This is why, as a therapist, I go back in and really work the trust issue. And I work every hour, every day, on being trustworthy to clients to repair what may have been done or not done. 
So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me today. Have a blessed rest of your day. Join me tomorrow as we talk about trust and how to trust. God bless you. Thank you, Jeremy, so much for another great show. Make sure you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T dot com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.